Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. All right, here we go. What you think about. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I hope you enjoy this show. I know I'm going to. We are going to be talking about the Biddle Method, um, how it works, what it does, and it's, it's fascinating, these programs uh, that this organization has pulled together to help those living with dementia. But before I introduce our guest today, I always want to do a few shout-outs. One, of course, is to the Mark Arneson Band, uh, featuring Maya Dore, who did that beautiful song for us for our opening uh, called Clarion Call, which you can download on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer Speaks Radio is about sound information, not just sound bites. We want to hear the real stories and the goals and the progression from all people around the world, uh, big and small, in terms of what they're doing to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort. Now, today is a live show, and you can call in. That number is 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. Uh, let's see. I want to shout out to Coral Health. They are still allowing people to download uh, Music First and Coral Faith from their website during the pandemic. So you can go to CoralHealth.com. That's C-O-R-O Health.com. We also have, of course, the Memory Cafe directory. And Dave was telling me the other day people are starting to come online now. And not everything is going to be virtual. So you're going to want to check out MemoryCafeDirectory.com to learn more about who's online and who is physically meeting again. And then Dementia Map, which is growing. um, It's really fun to see it grow every week, which is a global resource directory that both Dave Wiedrich and I pulled together, and so it's full of wonderful resources. It's full of events that you can attend and participate in, along with a glossary and a blog, so go ahead and check that out. And let me see. I want to also shout out on Thursday, I am going to be doing an event actually on the uh, dementia map, and um, Anyone is invited to join that. It is being sponsored by Emerald Crest Memory Care. The title of it is You Can't Know What You Don't Know, Simple Ways to Explore a Variety of Dementia Resources. And you can sign up for that. You can call 952-856-7521. That's 952-856-7521. Or you can contact christine.drasher at cassialife.org. And you can find this information on Alzheimer Speaks uh, main website as well. And then I want to give a shout out and a congratulation to um, the uh, Glenner Alzheimer's Family Center. It's basically adult day with all kinds of things that they're doing. And they are Uh, pleased to announce that they are going to be resuming services at their special Hillcrest Adult Day Center. So I'm so excited to hear that because so many are in need of these services. So let's, uh, let me introduce our guest today. And um, like I said, really excited about this show. 
So we have with us Jennifer Hicks, who is a creative movement artist, and she is also a speech and language language pathologist. So welcome, Jennifer. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Lori, for having me. Well, I'm excited to uh, share what you guys are doing with uh, with our audience here. Let me go ahead and introduce uh, Kristen uh, Bartlett. She is the um, artistic project manager of the Biddle Method, and her background is community arts and recreational therapy, and that allows her to really creatively and compassionately lead her team of talented artists to build meaningful connections with your community online. So welcome, Kristen. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having us, Lori. Well, uh, first of all, I always like to ask everyone who is uh, a guest on our show if they've been personally touched in their own family or circle of friends, which just kind of gives people a basis. doesn't really make any difference the answer, but it's always interesting to hear so, Jennifer, I'm going to throw that question to you first. Have you had anybody in your own family or circle of friends uh, be it diagnosed or having symptoms of dementia? Yes, definitely. I had um, an aunt who unfortunately passed away, but she was um, really a lifeline to me in my um, youth and adolescence. She was uh, my dad's sister. My dad passed away when I was quite young, and so to watch her live with dementia and and to see the person that um that that she became um in in some ways she was more playful um with living with dementia uh but it it was difficult to to be part of Mm -hmm. exactly totally understand that how about you kristen uh yeah well my grandmother um didn't necessarily have dementia but she had a series of strokes um, that led her to uh, live with some memory loss and speech impediments. And, and it was interesting because my grandmother is a mother of nine. So she had a huge family and we were a lot of grandkids running around. And my grandmother was sort of the matriarch of our family. So to see uh, the matriarch of our family sort of have, um, I guess, a uh, distancing from, from all of us because of, of the memory loss, it was definitely an eye-opener for me about some of the potential possibilities of engaging with her in a creative way. So I, I'm sort of, I guess, led to this work. And I hadn't really thought about that, Laurie, so it's interesting that you that you brought that up. Okay. Well, thank you both for, for sharing that. Um, Kristen, I'm going to ask you first, you know, what what makes, well, what is the, the Biddle method and what makes it unique? Let's start out with what it is. Yeah, sure. The Biddle method um Essentially, well, right now we are an arts-based organization that offers virtual classes online for people living with memory loss. And um, what makes us unique is that we operate using a philosophy called relational caring. And essentially what that means is that we use art-based programming as an opportunity um, to spark creativity, to develop authentic relationships, Um, there's a natural sense of curiosity that kind of is imbued in all of our programming and it sort of allows for creative possibilities. And so we are, um, we opened up in January. Uh, We used to have a a brick and mortar um, uh, space before we unfortunately had to close down due to the pandemic. And so we were able to, um, to bring everybody on board and to try out this new way of engaging. And it's been surprisingly beautiful. People are really sort of taken um, by the opportunity to find creative connections with each other online. Oh, fun. I, you know, I love the phrase relation, uh, relational caring. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big person that believes that we have kind of um, under-delivered when it comes to uh, talking about um, person-centered care. And, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about it, but it's, to me it's really not being done um, as well as it should be out there. And I think, <clears throat> I think you're right. It, it does get back right to the crux of, you know, being in relationship, allowing that to occur. Um, Jennifer, was there anything you, that you wanted to add um, regarding, you know, what what the Biddle method is? 
Yeah, well, um, it's it, it, this this concept of relational caring um, is sort of a two-way street in that uh, we're developing relationships um, which takes two or more people. Um, and so there's a, there's a really beautiful opportunity to bring our authenticity um, as artists, as staff members, and um, to help our members draw that, uh, to help draw that authenticity out of our members as well. So it's a beautiful um, feeling and sense of give and take that we are both um, offering a creative opportunity for people, but we are also receiving from our members. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, what what makes um, you guys stand out? You know, uh, Kristen, if you had to, you know, give us one thing, what, you know, one or two things, what what is the big difference from your, you know, arts pro, arts-based program from others? And maybe give sure. us an example if you have one. Yeah. Um, well, for one, we hire professional artists um, who are very much engaged in their artistic form outside of the academy. So what's really beautiful is that while other programs might sort of tap into um, creative opportunities, we're really honing in on this really beautiful sort of artistic practice that there that the teacher-learner dynamic exists there. And um, it's as Jen said, it's, it's quite unique in the sense that we really believe in this two-way relationship. So art is only used as a, as a vehicle to be able to offer opportunities for creative conversations and creative um, connections. So it's, it's sort of an interesting shift. It's not necessarily about the outcome of the art, but it's using art as a way to, to really be present in the moment with people to share our lives together. Wonderful. And, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry, Lori. And I, I realized you asked for an example. So um, there, there are just like so many beautiful sort of examples that come to mind. Um, online, um, we have you know folks who have um, who have sort of their, their family members have said, for example, that throughout the pandemic, you know, that they um, unfortunately were sleeping. Um, through a lot of the pandemic, and then once they got online, they're they're singing and they're dancing and they're sharing parts of their lives and they're drawing and they're they're sharing that artwork and those things with the rest of their family and that sort of it's amazing how much it sort of continues post class. That it's not just about the engagement in class, but it actually transcends past the class and allows them to be more connected to their families because they have something to share something to talk about or just like that, that energy sort of continues post-class. Oh, that's great. That mm-hmm. is great. And I think that that is, you know, such an important key piece that this fills a person um, and it lasts way, way after um, just attending the class. And I think, you know, that if we look back, if that happens with all of us. When we have a good experience, it lifts our experience, it lifts our energy and we want to be engaged, you know, and that joy and those connections um, continue on. Um, Jennifer, anything you want to add to that? Or if you've got another example, feel free to share that. Yeah, for sure. So just to elaborate on that, um, it's true. We um, are bringing a creative opportunity, but the it's through art, but the um, process, of engaging around that art form or that um, that that topic is is really more important than the final outcome. So if we're looking at a visual art piece, it's not it, it really makes no difference what the final piece looks like. It's what engagement opportunities were possible through the making of that art. Um, so that's really I I find that a really unique. Um, feature of our program. And I also wanted to share that, um, you know, in terms of what, what I'm seeing in some of our members, that uh, in one, one particular case, um, one of our members was at, at the beginning when she came um, back from sort of our bricks and mortar space and she rejoined us online, very, um, I, I want to use the word sort of withdrawn, sunken shoulders, 
sometimes she would speak and no sound would come out. Um, but now she's sitting up right in front of the camera. She's uh, offering her opinion. Um, her care partner tells us that um, she's engaging more and in more relevant ways with her and her family. Um, so it's really just a beautiful thing to witness that, you know, we're using um, we're using conversation and creativity in ways that everyone can relate to. We're, it doesn't matter if you have an arts background or not. We're, we're discussing themes that are common to humanity, just to being, common to being a person. Um, so it really draws people in that way. Oh, wonderful. That's got to be just so empowering and, and uplifting for yourself just to be able to see those differences in people, mm-hmm. um, I, would, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, why don't we talk about where the philosophy came with? And um, Jennifer, I'm going to go ahead and continue with you on this one, and then we'll go to Kristen. Sure, yes, where the philosophy came from. Well, when we, um, when we were in a bricks-and-mortar space, uh, we had, uh, and we still do, we have an affiliation with researchers who have looked at um, what is what is relational caring, and how um, how can it be implemented, and how can um, how do, how do our the recipients of this um, philosophy how do they feel about it? So there's been some research that's been done through York University here in Toronto, um, and in collaboration with um, nursing staff um, at one of the major hospitals here in Toronto as well. So that is sort of the origin, um, that's the origin of uh, our, where our philosophy came from. Okay, wonderful. Um, Kristen, anything you want to add to that? Sure, yeah. Um, so having done a little bit of research, because um, I think Jen and I came on a little later, and actually what had happened, what I, what I came across from my, from my research about the philosophy, is that a team of researchers in the fields of aging and recreation and nursing, as Jen said, had came together to uh, originally look at working with long-term care um, homes to be able to implement relational caring. And uh, one of the main researchers there was Christine Jonah Simpson. She's an associate professor at York University here in Toronto. And she eventually became our, um, for the, the BITO method, um, which is And so we sort of received this really beautiful sort of handoff. And it was within our space that we hired professional artists so that we were able to then kind of take that philosophy a step further by implementing art-based programming from the perspective of a, a kind of um, an art space that's not in a home, but actually a really beautiful opportunity for people to come and, and, um, and enjoy um, a program and classes that, that, that is enriching and that sort of has people's best interests in mind in terms of the empathy piece, in terms of how to creatively be in, in a relationship with one another. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, Kristen, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about participants and family members and what are they saying? And maybe we should touch on the different types of um, arts programs, too, that you that you offer. Sure. Well, it was actually, um, I have a pretty large relationship with a lot of the family members. Again, talking about relationships, we have to think about it from a holistic perspective. And um, so I was granted the opportunity during the summer time when we had closed down our physical space to keep in connection with all of the family members. So I called everyone quite regularly to see how they were doing. And um, obviously, without having our physical space open and that sort of um, engagement that they were receiving, there was a lot of our academy members, we call them academy members, um, who were um, who had declined quite a bit because of the lack of engagement and the lack of purpose. You know, it's really difficult to kind of offer that sort of engagement as a, as a care partner. Um, so it was really beautiful then when we decided to open up our space uh, in a virtual setting because that's what was being offered to us. Um, to be able to see how what was being told to me throughout the summer and into the winter um, when we finally opened in January of this year 
to see our members, as Jen said, sort of like have a difficult time potentially off the top, but really quickly adapt to the technology and to this idea of reconnecting with their friends. Um, and so we've definitely seen a fundamental shift in a lot of our members off the top um, who are potentially a little reticent. It is quite strange to look into a screen and see other people's video boxes and to see yourself sort of mirrored in that way. Um, but really quickly, we sort of touched on essential kind of purposeful conversations that sparked so many beautiful conversations um, that we sort of like took off running. And um, so some of the art programming that we offer, we have some different mediums, but we do offer visual arts. Um, we have some really wonderful creative movement in NIA that Jen offers. Um, we do have um, classes that touch um, on different modalities uh, where we use visual arts and music and like uh, performance art as an opportunity to share stories. Um, we do have music as sort of like, it touches on our souls essentially. So music is sort of the fundamental of our program. We do have music in all of our programs and it sort of touches on um, memory. Um, it elicits so many different feelings and emotions and so it taps us to our core. So it definitely is a big part of our program. We have great musicians and composers that are part of our program that offer some really beautiful um, opportunities and lyricists who create wonderful songs at the end of their program, which is really beautiful. They'll create um, lyrics for a song around a theme that's very collaborative. And then that artist will then send them the song that they created at the end of the class. So it's, it's quite magical, I'd say. Oh, very fun. Very fun. I've heard, I've heard that being done with, you know, poetry and stuff where they kind of do it as a as a collaborative. So I would imagine in some ways that might be a little bit similar with the music. Would that be a correct mm -hmm. statement? Sure, yeah. I could see. Um, yeah, I mean, essentially lyrics are very poetic, and so there is mm -hmm. a very similar sort of through line, I guess, that you can you can sort of create. But what's really beautiful about creating a song is that you're writing the lyrics and then when you go to sing the song together, you have the opportunity to think about melody and layering in. Um, usually she uses a piano, so they, they sort of like hum how they would like to hear it. And then she's playing it because she's a beautiful pianist as well and a beautiful music composer, is able to create this whole song that's done. And, and lots of people you know, are shy to sing, but what's really awesome is that she has such a lovely and caring and warm way about it that, that everybody is sort of engaged in that process. I'm really taken by a lot of the classes. I really i am surprised every time about how much involvement um, the classes offer people and, and, um, and has such a beautiful flow. I think that everyone sort of goes, and this, it's, our classes are an hour and a half, and um, they go by so quickly, so fast. It's, it's really telling how much fun people have um, because of the, of the magical passing of time. Well, that's wonderful. Um, I want to ask if Jennifer has anything that she wants to add about, some, you know, maybe what you're hearing from participants and, and, and families. Yeah, definitely. So um, we're hearing that just in general that our, our members are feeling sort of more engaged in life, um, just more energetic, um, they look forward to coming onto the program, to seeing um, their, their friends, what they consider to be their friends now, and um, that there's just more sort of light and life in general, more um, willingness to interact and to um, just, just be involved in, in their own lives. So it's, um, it's a it's a really beautiful it's a really beautiful thing to witness and to see and to see our members themselves um, talking to each other through their little Zoom boxes, you know, wanting to know um, about each other's lives. So it truly is beautiful um, relationship building. Oh, fantastic! Well, and I love the variety of the the classes too. You know that um, that's just such a 
a big addition in that you've been able to adapt and go online and still be able to connect with people. That is that is fabulous. Um, one of the things people are probably wondering is, you know, what does a, a typical class look like? What do you do? Do you need supplies? You know, how is all of that communicated? So, um, Jennifer, I'm going to start with you, and then I'll pull mm-hmm. uh, Kristen in because I'm sure all the classes are a little bit, little bit different. Um, but you know, like for the movement class, do you have to be able to yeah. stand up, or can you do it from a chair? You know, all those things no. I'm sure are going through yeah. our audience's mind. Yeah, well, um, we, as artists, um, we do take uh, care to have sort of a very thematic um, type of experience. So, for example, yesterday I led a class, a movement class, and the theme was on trends, trends in fashion, trends in music, trends in food. Um, So that forms the basis of the discussion, and um, we take that, theme and um, we weave that into movement. We danced to uh, music and by the way, danced, we're seated, um, dancing to uh, music from the 20s, from the 50s, from the 70s, from the 80s. We sung um, some uh, theme songs from popular television shows. So in that way, there's there's meaningful discussion um, of of sort of uh, reflecting on Oh, you know, um, we're looking at mini skirts, and uh, I was able to share that my my mom, when she got married, they all wore mini skirts. That was the fashion of the time, you know. Um, and then someone else has, you know, a memory about some other piece of fashion. And then when we're listening to the music and moving, um, there's some memories that are sparked uh, around, you know, that was a song at my, at my prom or at my sock hop or or this kind of thing. So there's different elements. Um, so we're never uh, sort of doing one uh, modality. We might have five-minute discussion and then move for 10 minutes and then um, discuss, um, look at some, some images and reflect on those. So there's, there's certainly a lot of variety. And as Kristen said, the classes go very quickly in that there's, there's, you know, I, I come in with a plan, but then I'm also taking what the members are offering and I'm following their lead, essentially. Um, so we have some really rich discussion and, and um, it's, in the end, it's, you know, everyone's smiling and, and we almost don't want to say goodbye. <laughs> Oh, I can I can totally understand that. I had to laugh when you said mini skirts. I'm like, well, I must be your mom's age because I remember it got me reminiscing. I remember yeah. mini skirts and hot pants and boots. Yeah, and yeah. And the big, big, huge flared jeans that we added material oh, in. And, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. all those types of things. So, so as I said, these are these are themes everyone can relate to. You know. We, yep. We, yeah. Well, and, and with when it comes to clothing trends and stuff, they're just uh, cyclical too. So <laughs> what, what yeah. was out at one time comes comes back in. Um, yeah. Kristen, how about you? Anything you want to add about your classes? Like, um, you know, for arts, do, do people, you know, what kind of supplies do they need, and how does how does that work for some of them? Sure. Yeah. Um, we do try to be mindful to keep supplies to a minimum. We want to be as inclusive as possible. So um, our visual artists will sort of let me know ahead of time, and you, uh, they register online to be able to book a class, and in your registration email, you'll receive sort of a supply list. But we've kept it really quite simple to, you know, white paper, pencil, and something to add color to, uh, whether that's pencil crayons or pastels or, or watercolor, depending on what you have lying around at home. It's really about the process. I mean, our visual artist that we were working with, um, Monica, is a beautiful visual artist who works out in the street. She actually is a street artist, and um, it's really quite amazing because she's talking about and showing these really large-scale um, paintings that she's been doing around our city by beautifying our city. And so it's, it's cool to sort of bring, I guess, like what would be considered, I guess, more of a youthful, younger kind of art to um, an older population, which happens to be our membership. And having these sort of intergenerational conversations around 
um, around art making and there's some forms of art like it's not just about galleries anymore and we're talking about art that can be that you can find sort of in the streets and how that the color of the walls sort of impact a community so it's it's really our I mean she does such amazing sort of live drawings with people she talks about it being um, being able to create your authentic mark which literally just is about sort of like take it and, and, and run with it. And it's not about comparing, but just sort of a, about, you know, the process and don't worry about the end. And, and it's always been this really beautiful kind of, I've taken a couple of her classes where at the end where um, people show their artwork and they're surprised by how much they enjoy that process. And they're showing their artwork very proud, proudly, you know, and, um, and usually we'll layer like, so one of the classes layering a guitarist playing music while you're you're drawing and painting. So it's it's a really it's a really a wonderful approach because it if for example that day you didn't necessarily feel like drawing, you have the opportunity to be engrossed in the conversation. You have the opportunity to hear this beautiful live music that's being um provided throughout the class and you have the opportunity to, to talk and to engage with the other people in the class as well and to see the wonderful things that they're up to. So, um, yeah, it, it is, um, it's very, it's very adaptable and it's, um, and making sure that everybody can participate regardless of, um, of supplies, as I said, it's, it's really kept to the, to very simple things so that we can make sure that everybody feels comfortable and, and, um, and able to engage in our class. Oops, sorry, my, my mic wouldn't go back on there. <laughs> you know, back on, I'm backing away, you know. Um, one of the things uh, that uh, I, I um, was listening to all of you saying, and I've been talking to a lot of people with dementia lately, and they are really experimenting more and more with art. And it is incredible, the things that they are doing and and the level of of their work is just phenomenal and they keep kind of um, playing in different modalities and stuff and they're and they're shocked and, and everyone else is shocked at at their skill level um, but I, I don't I don't know if it has to do with um, anyways I, I saw this with my mom and I don't know if this applies to a lot of people or not but I think you know, as adults, especially, we are we are taught to really worry about what everyone thinks about about us and, yep. and how they look at what it is that we do. And I know with my mom, her ego kind of left the building, and that wasn't an issue anymore. And mm. part of me wonders if it's that if it's that release of 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 um, ego that just really allows them to explore and have fun and get to the core of who they are. And like I said, the works are just incredible, just absolutely incredible. I'm just so impressed um, with what they're able to do. So I think part is, as care partners, we have to stop blocking some of this stuff, thinking, well, they can't do this. And um, and really, you know, let them try. Because, you know, art, you know, it's it's in the eye of the beholder. And if you're having fun and you're enjoying the process, I mean, what more matters? And then if you get a great outcome, I mean, to me, that's just a benefit, <laughs> you know. Totally. Um, but that's how yeah, that's totally. how my my mind works on that. Um, what what yeah. are your thoughts on that, Kristen? Well, it's funny you say that because I've invited my mom. Um, she's retired recently, and so I said, you know what, you should come online and you should you should uh, come check out some of the stuff I've been up to. And she, like a lot of people, have been told from a young age that she's not an artist and therefore, you know, she shouldn't try kind of thing. You know, like I think you had like one bad art teacher who told you that you weren't very good and, and then it sort of ruined your possibilities of being creative. And so she um, took one of these art classes that Ma, that I mentioned that Monica offers, and she was really reticent at first. She was really sort of, like, scared, actually, to take the class. She was like, I'm not creative. And I was like, I said, it doesn't matter. It's just about the process. It's going to be great. You're going to have a good time. And, um, yeah, she, she took the class, and, you th- I mean, she was just so into it, and she was so – it's very much, like – 
you're sort of like you get into this class and then the flow of the class and you don't just jump in cold. There's, there's lots of really beautiful ways to start it, to, you know, engage in everyone's sort of days and where they're at and, and share different stories. And then you slowly get into it and, and it's sort of like, you didn't even realize that you got there. And then she, she drew this really, we were doing, um, we were doing portrait drawings and she came up at the end and she was really beautifully showing the work that she had done. And she was so sort of taken by, by A, that she had shown it and B, that she, she was proud of what she had done. And, um, and I think that's a real sort of testament to, to the process that regardless, even if you're living with memory loss and what we've discovered actually is that the Bitold method is so wonderfully inclusive that it, it sort of, we've discovered that it's not just for people living with memory loss, although we sort of we specialize in working um, with those folks, but it, it's for anyone who is interested in, in being creative, um, anyone interested in, in doing something different and, um, and to really have an opportunity to just be in a very comfy, creative um, sort of engaging environment for an hour and a half out of your day. Yep. Well, and like mm-hmm. you said, when it's when it's done in community too, there's just a different feel to it because you you can sense other people's kind of angst that you're not alone, and and um, people can I think sometimes get silly and just you know have fun and you know it's just you know we're gonna do what we're gonna do type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jennifer, anything that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, um, Lori, when you said the ego has left the building. I think Mm -hmm. that um, we have seen um, through our experience, you know, people who would, uh, with the support in our physical space, would get up and and dance. uh, And then, you know, the, the spouse comes to pick them up and says, what? He didn't even dance at my wedding, at our wedding. So um, I think there is that sort of that whole artist within that when um, when we take away the shoulds and the can'ts um, that we we start to to see that emerging and that might that might possibly be a gift of if, of dementia is and aging I'll say as I'm aging is this lack of concern for what everybody else thinks and the the concern more is like now it's about me and what's what's meaningful to me so oh, I, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I totally agree that it's a gift. I mean, I, you know, my mom lived with dementia for 30 years. And, you know, I, I tell this story a zillion times, but it was just so powerful where my, my mom was watching my daughter, my husband and I were a little nervous about having her do that. Um, but, oh, my gosh, they played so intently together. And I would come mm-hmm. to pick my daughter up and they would be coloring at the dining room table and, you know, they would both hold up their pictures so proud, evenly proud Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. of their work. And to be able to see my mom be so authentic and to see her be free, you know, children are so much freer than we are as adults. They haven't learned all the things that we're supposed to do or we're told to do. And, you know, they don't have all those restrictions. And to be able to see my mom in that state, was beautiful because I never would have seen yeah. that before. Never, ever, ever. And um, so I do think that we do have to look at what are some of the gifts um, wrapped in this disease. Cause there's always joy. There's always connection if we choose to look for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's honesty. There's an honesty there too. Um, I can remember my aunt uh, making a comment about, I have a twin sister how she wished we had different body types, which would be a very, you know, kind of insulting thing. But she she never would have said that had she not had dementia. And in some ways it was like they, she wanted something different for us, you know, and it was just kind of beautiful. She never would have said that was kind of deep and meaningful in a way that she wouldn't have expressed uh, had she not had dementia. Yep, exactly. Now, I want to make sure that we talk about your virtual open house that's happening on May 6th. So, um, Kristen, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how people can participate in that? Sure, I'd love to 
Um, yeah, so we decided that we wanted to do a virtual open house to showcase um, a quick snapshot about what the Bitove method is all about. So we're um, offering it on May 6th, as you said, at 3 p.m. Um, Eastern uh, Standard Time. And uh, you can register for the event on our website. Um, that's www.thebitovemethod.com. And um, it's just, as I said, it's, it's a quick sort of way to show you a little bit um, about how we do things, introduce you to the really wonderful artists that we have. And uh, Jen is curating a really lovely uh, short um, sort of promo video that we will be uh, showcasing, which will highlight some of the art that's been made, some of the wonderful testimonies from our participants and our care partners. So it's, uh, it's a really, I'm really excited um, to, to sort of offer that and to be able to bring people in and to share what we've been up to. That is um, that is so exciting. I I think that that'll be just absolutely wonderful for people to be able to to test that out and um, really get a feel for what all you're offering. Um, Jennifer, anything that you wanted to add about the promotion at all, or? Yeah, we're just hoping to um, really give people the the feel of of what we have to offer. Um, it's something that is you know, not always easy to put it, put words to. So that's really the intent of this is to have the experience uh, of, of what we're all about. Okay. And, you know, with the open house, is that, um, is that free or is there a fee with that to participate? Um, Jennifer, I'll let you go ahead and answer that. Yeah, it's, um, no, it's completely free. And um, we uh, will be offering special discounts to um, members, people that attend um, for our classes. So, um, yeah, I would encourage everyone to take, it's, it's literally a half an hour, 3 to 3.30 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, May the 6th. And, um, yeah, you can register at thebitovemethod.com. Okay, so that uh, that clears that up. And then people might wonder, you know, what are the costs of, of classes? And um, Kristen, are you comfortable just sharing that on air with people and what the yeah, discount sure. would be for those that uh, participate in the open house? Yeah, of course. Um, so we're calling you from Canada. So um, just so you know, in terms of the um, the fee, so we're talking about the classes themselves, as I mentioned earlier, are an hour and a half, and each class is 30 Canadian dollars. Um, and if you sign up for the open house, we're offering a – we offer class passes as well. So $30 a class, but we also offer a four-class pass for $100 Canadian dollars. If you come to our open house, we're going to offer a 20% off on the four-class pass. So you'll be able to get that at a reduced rate. Wonderful. That's fantastic. And I'm not sure what the conversion is out there, but I'm assuming when they, uh, if they decide to pay online, it will convert yeah. for them? Okay. Yes, yeah, through their Wonderful. credit cards. Yeah, if you pay through your credit card, you'll be able to see that conversion, which if you're, if you're coming from the States, you'll get even more of a discount. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like that, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, is there anything that we that we missed that uh, we should be talking about, Jennifer? I think you know we've covered we've covered a lot today. We are on social media, so you'll find us um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter. Um, we're very active in our accounts, so um, you can follow us there. Okay. Anything that you want to add, uh, Kristen? Sure, yeah. I did want to say, um, so one of the beautiful things that came out of our physical space was there was a really beautiful documentary called Music is Life. It showcases um, how our philosophy has been implemented using music. It can be found on YouTube. If you go on YouTube, you can check out Music is Life. And I think that really gives people a really clear indication and showcases how we use relational caring and how we use um, art-based programming within within our organization. So I just encourage everyone to watch it. It's such a beautiful film. It follows four of our um, members, and uh, and it really sort of gives a, a really wonderful sort of 
opportunities for them to share their stories. So I'm always excited to rewatch that film. Oh, neat. I should um, look up that link, or if you want to send that to me, I can add that to uh, the show. If I'm if I'm not over characters, uh, the show page gives me a little more limitation, but I can definitely add it to the blog. So I can just put okay. that in there and embed that uh, for people to be able to see. So if you go to the Alzheimer's Speaks blog, you'll be able to find that. And I would imagine you have that on your site as well someplace. We do. We have the trailer on our site, and then it gives you a link to the full documentary on YouTube. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, fantastic, ladies. This has just been a, a great conversation. Um, in order to, you know, touch base with these two and the, the BIDO method, you can go to www, the and then BIDO, B-I-T-O-V-E, method, M-E-T-H-O-D dot com. They are also on Instagram as Beto Method and on Facebook as The Beto Method. And you can always email them as well at info at thebetomethod.com. Thank you, ladies, so much for sharing your work and your talents. I, I think this is really exciting. Needless to say, uh, the online resources for people is definitely needed and I just don't see that going away even if we do get COVID under control <laughs> and so I, I think it's um, brilliant uh, and I love like I said the variety that you have so we will definitely push this out and um, let people know because they're always looking for things to do you know one question that um, I didn't really ask or dig into but maybe this is a good time to do that um, before we end mm -hmm. the show and that is, um, can people participate without um, a care partner? And I know that, you know, you guys do more than just dementia. Um, you know, basically seniors can, can participate in this as well or, you know, um, adults. And correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but, you know, is it something where maybe a care partner could get a little respite and put somebody in front of the computer and, and they're able to um, participate? Yeah, I, I think um, that's a great question. And it really, I guess, because our program is so adaptable, um, I think it's really sort of about whether or not that person is able to engage. So if, if they're, you know, if they're able to um, to engage through the screen and they feel comfortable, then a lot of our care, care partners, excuse me, have definitely taken that hour and a half as time to to, you know, go in the kitchen or do what they need to do, watch a movie, read a book. Um, however, some of our other members uh, need a bit more assistance. So it's really sort of a person-to-person -person, um, uh, opportunities. is is not necessarily a one-size-fits-all one kind of thing. So we do sort of ask people off the top to potentially have a care partner there with them um, to see how they do. And if, if they're comfortable and they want to be there by themselves, and oftentimes it's sort of nice to have that separation a little bit as well and to and to um to have creative conversations with other people you know so we would encourage it if they're poss if they're able to do that exactly i and i can mm -hmm. see where it is going to be individualized um <clears throat> with that but i thought oh, i should just double check um jennifer did you want to add to that yeah, it really, I, I agree with Kristen. It really uh, depends. It's um, what the comfort level with technology is, um, whether, you know, the person is, not that there is much um, need to use the technology once they're set up, but um, just to make sure buttons aren't being pressed or cameras aren't being turned off, um, that that might require someone just to provide some assistance. But, um yeah, it it really it really varies based on based on the individual case. Okay, um, another question I I just thought of too. Um, I wanted to ask if you guys are a for profit or nonprofit because I know a lot of people are always looking for you know ways to give, and um, you know if you guys are a nonprofit, that would be a, you know wonderful for our audience to know as well. Sure, yeah. Jennifer, we are a nonprofit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. 
<laughs> yeah, we are a not-for-profit, um, and uh, we are currently looking to apply for charitable status. So um, we um, we will hopefully have that up and running sooner than later. As I said, we started, um, we opened our doors in January, so we're just slowly getting all that paperwork in order. But uh, yeah, we are a not-for-profit organization. Okay, and that that always takes a while to get the the paperwork and stuff processed. So I would encourage you when you you know when you're um, able to accept donations, and maybe you are right now, and they just are handled different versus once you once you get um, your official status there to put a big button on your page, mm-hmm. you know, for, yeah. for that to you know to to let people know. Um, it's amazing how many non-for-profits don't let people know by having a donate button um, mm. that that they're available uh, to be mm. able to participate in that. So, um, and, and the arts is so precious to so many people. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people I think that would like to give to keep that, keep that alive and going. Uh, for mm-hmm. for so many, such a such a great benefit. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, ladies, um, both for your time today and your your energy and your persistence in terms of pulling this together and and pivoting mm-hmm. from being live to going online and you know keep up with your relational care uh, based art classes. I I just I adore that. Um, to me, that says a lot about your organization that you get that. And mm-hmm. um, and I think you know there's probably others that get it but they don't state it, and to me that makes a huge difference when it's stated because it it makes um, families and anyone who's listening think about you know being in relationship and that this is an important mm-hmm. piece of life, and I don't think we can state it enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, um, and again, people can go to the website, the bitomethod.com. We've got the hot links and stuff there. And then if you can send me that link again to the YouTube um, piece, I will go ahead and add that uh, in where I can. And, again, thank you so much uh, for our listeners. I just want to say, you know, pass this along. This is a, this was an important conversation today. People are looking for this information, and you know, it really is a critical piece for uh, people to be able to find what they're looking for. Again, you can always go to dementiamapaswell.com to look for various resources. And we encourage people to, you know, if they've got services, products, or tools, to go ahead and get listed in there. We've got to make it easier for both families and professionals to find uh, the product, service, and and tools that they need. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. And, again, thank you, ladies. And we're going to walk out with listening to the Foot Bar Walker. So thank you, gals. Nice. Thanks so much, Lori. Yep. Bye-bye. Introducing the life-changing Foot Bar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Foot Bar Walker revolutionized my care of George. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. The Foot Bar Walker opens and closes just like a standard walker. The only thing that is different is the top bar and the foot bar. Does that ever make a difference? Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Foot Bar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Foot Bar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Foot Bar Walker.